0: On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we have suspicions, and so far, we have eliminated no suspects. That's right, we're talking knives out. Get your popcorn ready.
1: This is an open and shut case of suicide. The method? Throat slit? Typical for a suicide? I suspect
0: foul play.
1: Everyone in the family has possible motives. You're suggesting one of us killed him. You know something, spill it. When people get desperate, the knives come out. Knives out.
0: Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always... My name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mister David Melhorn. David, how you doing today, man?
1: Doing fantastic. You're I'm. Not, uh, you're I'm, not
0: feeling suspicious.
1: I'm. I'm a little suspicious. There's I'd, a, I'd he, say I'm stitious.
0: Just stitious. <laughs> man, uh, we just got the opportunity. To see Knives Out, uh, week a week early, a few days early, right? I believe. Yeah, it comes out this coming. Uh... I mean, by the time this podcast is out, it will either be coming out day of or you know, just before or whatever. But we we had an opportunity to see Knives Out before its normal release day, which is nice because you know we don't get the press screenings. We're this is just all amateur hour here. Yeah. And we had, it threw us off a little bit because this early screening was um went a, a Friday night, and we're normally used to seeing things Thursday night. It's true,
1: but we had to see it with the the masses.
0: We had to see it with the masses, and boy, oh boy, we're we're, we're the masses massive today. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this movie, and I'm excited that we finally got to see this movie. This was one of my most anticipated movies of the year was it one of your most anticipated movies of the year? Oh yeah,
1: I yeah,
0: hey it looked like uh, a new and improved Clue to me. Yeah, I mean pretty much basically Clue. Yeah, that's a pretty good call. And for those of you, and we'll get into it, but Knives Out is a new whodunit murder mystery directed by written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, most of you know him as the writer director of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. He did Looper. Uh, with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, one of my favorite sci-fi movies, and he he dipped his toe in Star Wars, and now he's back with a completely original murder mystery with this whole slew of of characters um, with an amazing cast. But before we talk about that movie, before we actually talk about Knives Out, as always, wanted to kind of take a little bit of a step back and. Kind of converse about the regular, you know, the kind of what Knives Out represents, right? And first and foremost, Knives Out represents two big things to me, uh, and actually it's three, but I only remembered to write down two, and that is the ensemble picture and the Who Done It. So, right. what is it? Some of our favorite movies about ensemble are our ensemble pictures. Why do you think that is? Why do you think ensemble? When I say ensemble, that means yeah, there might be a, a star, but there is a colorful cast of characters played by actors who are familiar and who are just doing great work to put together an overall fairly entertaining movie most ensemble pieces and ensemble pictures are really entertaining why do you think that is i think
1: with a lot of ensemble it takes the best part of what we enjoy in a lot of characters in movies so if you think of non-ensemble movies a lot of times your most memorable characters not always are the people that had bit parts sure. in, in there. You know, it's uh, the flashy roles, you know, from that standpoint where they get, you know, a memorable scene or they get a memorable line or a memorable death mm-hmm. or things like that. And I think the thing with ensembles is everybody's that from the standpoint of you never go so deep in that you can notice their flaws right. as much, but... They have limited time on screen. And so when they are, they need to be memorable from that standpoint. And so you see all these names and you're anticipating, oh, Chris Evans is in this. Oh, Don Johnson's in this. Right. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis Curtis is in this. Like you want to see their character. And so I think anytime a star gets on the screen, you're you're drawn a little bit more to them. And what is this character going to be? Who are they going to be? Is this... A major or minor piece of it and Mm -hmm. and I think for actors it's probably somewhat of the same in the sense that okay I only have a few few lines to deliver or I have only a few scenes like I'm going to make the most of them right
0: and oftentimes actors who and I'll give you a great example um, but there are actors who have played leads in their own movies who are oftentimes Way more entertaining and effective as part of ensemble, I would mention Will Ferrell's.
1: Will my Ferrell. Will Ferrell always jumps out to me. Funny
0: like, thing, I was going to bring up another Ferrell, and that's Colin. Ferrell. Colin Ferrell. Yeah. Every because Colin Ferrell's a leading man in a lot of things, but we he's part of an ensemble, like the gentleman coming out early next year. Yeah, yeah. He gets to do. He gets to be weird, and yeah. that's fun. Yeah. You know, or horrible bosses.
1: Well, and I think ensemble casts also allow you know, kind of furthering your point, allow people to step outside of their typecasts. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like um, this movie allows Chris Evans to step out of the Captain America kind of typecast. Oh, for sure. That he has. For Um, sure. You know, you think of things like The Rock has done, like when he did, uh, what's the one where he plays the...
0: Um, Be cool Be cool Yeah Great like, great example
1: Like he's not the lead He doesn't need to be What people think of Right He's of a gay bodyguard Who likes show tunes Exactly like, And so He gets to step out And I know that was earlier In his career So he hasn't He wasn't He can still do it now How sequel, he was.
0: sequel to Be Cool right now
1: Absolutely And it wouldn't It wouldn't be surprising to me If Somewhere down the line Like There's a Not necessarily a prestige film But a film that says Rock We want to give you this bit role you right. know that kind of thing right and i think you see that heck go to marvel you have uh the collector yeah. and exactly he gets to be i mean not that he's not weird all the time anyway sure. um, those are the types of things that i think when you can say we're gonna go unexpected with this we've got this weird character let's cast this person who's the opposite of who you would think right. for this role right and let them really show they're acting chops. And I think a lot of times actors and actresses like thirst for those opportunities to really Step outside of what people and show their capabilities, mm-hmm. show that I can be funny if I'm usually a serious actor. Sure. You know, Tom Cruise, when in Tropic Thunder, when he played. Tropic
0: Thunder's on the list of like top best ensemble movies ever that I'm looking at by Film School Rejects. Tropic Thunder's on there.
1: Yeah. And you could say pretty much all of those characters stepped out. Robert Downey Jr. stepped out of yeah. what he had been known for at yeah. that point. So, yeah, I think it's just, it leads to a lot of really memorable roles and characters and things like that i mean i think we go back to you know one of obviously our favorite that we talked about plenty on the podcast before in oceans yep oceans 11 oceans movies 12
0: 13 all of them 18 what
1: makes them fun is not necessarily that they've got this amazing lead it's that you get it's quick people aren't on the screen for too long we're not following one specific we're seeing a group they all Lends something unique to what we're watching. Right. And it's just fun how you see a director kind of mix it all together.
0: And it's also fun, depending on the ensemble, but you took Tropic Thunder as an example, and you also mentioned uh, superhero movies as an example. It's also really fun to see an entire cast of actors and actresses who could and have, you know, led their own films. Tropic Thunder has... Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr., Ben Stiller, Danny McBride, Nick Nolte, Bill Hader, uh Matthew McConaughey, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. All these those people, they can be stars in their own movies and are. They are stars in their movies. They are they are stars yep. in their own movies. Oceans movies. Every single one of those guys in their Oceans in the Oceans movies has been a star of their own movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what made movies like The Avengers so exciting because you had never done that with superheroes, right? With Superhero team-ups, like, you look at, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, there's Sean Connery and then a bunch of nobodies. Sure. Right? But with Avengers, it's like, oh, we're going to take Iron Man, who's an alpha in his own movies. We're going to take Thor, who's an alpha. Captain America, who's an alpha. Hulk, who's an alpha. We're going to take all these characters who are leading characters, and we're going to put them all in one movie together. And that was my... Biggest thing with the Avengers was, like, how are they going to put all these guys on the screen and naturally make the pecking order fall into place, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what makes it so exciting is casts as well. Now, let's pivot away from that a little bit because one of the most popular genres for an ensemble movie or for a movie to have an ensemble in it is the whodunit. It's the murder mystery. It's the crime mystery movie. um, And there's some really good – I mean – the whole basis for knives out is that Ryan Johnson wanted to make an Agatha Christie like murder mystery. And Agatha Christie is known for her murder mystery. She does the, uh, Hercule perot, or however you pronounce his last name murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. I should have just led with that. And I, I was going to say, like I
1: don't idiot. know what you're going with.
0: <laughs> um, the big guy with the mustache, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the famous French detective, you know, whatever. Um, uh, Death on the Nile, which is coming out again. Yep. Um, but even like this. Uh even I mean, heck man, you can look at movies like Scream. Sure. Is a whodunit. It. It's a who It with a slasher twist to it. Mm-hmm. Uh Clue. One of your you I mean, you've already in, you I already Clue. invoked Clue once. I love Clue. Usual Suspects, Seven, Memento, like these are all murder mysteries with Various casts, Some of them, like you know, seven and memento are way more detective. We're gonna follow sure. a single group and whatnot. But what do you think makes a good who done it? Do you think it's the cast? Do you think it's the mystery? Do you think it's the who? Do you think it's the done it?
1: Well, I, I think there's a couple things that always make a who done it especially satisfying. Um, first, you got to have strong cast, and I think the way that you balance the cast is key. If you, you never walk away from a It enjoying it as much if you like never saw the person who done it sure. because you're like, well, I couldn't have even guessed that person because they were like some person standing in the crowd. Right. Like how am I supposed to know that person even exists type right. of thing? Like, so those are always particularly frustrating when it's like, oh, it's that dude that like delivered the paper in the first scene. Like, right. It's like, why would I even think that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important in a whodunit to
0: lay, plant, lay, the, lay the, the foundation bread. that the you crumbs. can go
1: back and watch it a second time and realize some of these right. things. Um, the other well, thing- those are the
0: che- the cheap whodunits are the ones where like, oh, it was the bellman who you saw in the first scene, and that's it. Yeah, that's kind of like a cheap cop out.
1: Sure, and it's like you're not really like playing the game. Right. A good standpoint. one is the like, one
0: that puts all the cards out on the table and it's like, yeah, let's and, play with these cards. And,
1: and I think the reason why they're typically in en- ensemble casts is that's part of the mystery is that everybody's getting pretty balanced screen time. Right. So it's like, you can't be like, well, it's not that person because they're barely on. Right. Or, you know, so you have to keep everybody guessing because everybody's going to look at all the factors involved as far as like, Oh, that person's not involved enough Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Maybe it's, you know, it's got to be that person. He seems shady. He's barely been
0: around that type of thing. a, A good murder mystery has the ability to I mean, heck man, even, I mean, again, this is what makes, I think, Scream such an effective whodunit is that everybody involved is given a proper amount of screen time, even going to like Kenny, the cameraman. Sure. Right. Like they're given a proper amount of screen time to be a legitimate, like, oh, this is a character, like yep. this is somebody who I acknowledge, whose name I know, and and that's obviously one big part of it.
1: Well, and I think the last thing for me in a good who done it is when you solve it, like it has to make sense, sure, as the- well as it's got to have enough where you're like, ah, like I saw that right. or. I knew that was coming because they planted that seed early on or things like that. The like
0: pieces have to fit.
1: It has to fit together and it has to be, you know, in a lot of ways, satisfying to some way. Not sure. necessarily in who did it, but
0: how they did it, how or, they did it, and how we got to
1: it, how we got there. Like there can't be it has to be realistic. Like there can't be like huge leaps of faith that you have to be like or shortcuts like you can't be like. Come on, someone would have caught on to this sure. if that was the case, right? Um, you know, like you've got to have like a well-played-out explanation. And so, I think uh, I think that's what I've always enjoyed, like figuring out the pieces, thinking you've got it, and wanting to see, like, right? Did I guess right? Like, because like, any like any good heist movie. Well, and anytime you like, you asked me right when the movie was starting, who do you think mm-hmm. who you think did it? And
0: I leaned over. I leaned over the, the literally. The production logos are are start or I, I, yeah, it was right at the start of the movie, and I go, okay, real quick, who do you think did it? Yep. And you're like, oh, I don't even remember everybody who's in the movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let um,
1: let the record show, and we'll obviously get into this in spoilers. But I guess
0: he did guess correctly. Correctly. He did guess so. correctly. I also think it's interesting that I, I, I you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but. Human beings, as a species, and this has been well documented and waste by way smarter people than me. But we are a naturally a problem-solving species. We see problems or often create problems because we need to solve them. You know, uh, we want to go to space. That's a problem that we need to solve. We want to, you know, clean energy. Whatever it is, you know, as as a, as a as a as a as an animal as a species. We are a problem-solving species, and I think that is why you have seen the rise, especially with Netflix and all the streaming services and podcasts and things like that. You have seen the rise of true crime content, you know, whether it be Netflix miniseries, Making a Murderer, whether it be the – what uh, the Jinx. Is it the Jinx, the one that was on HBO? Um I can't remember if it was the jinx, the one where the guy freaking implicated himself, Um, the true crime stuff. Good friend of the podcast, Lindsay Friend, no, like is all about true crime. Sure. She's like, I was walking down the street alone by myself at night while listening to a true crime podcast about a girl who was murdered in my exact like we are incapable of like not being fascinated by that kind of thing. And I wonder if that's why m- these murder mysteries, these whodunits, are also so satisfying because they they play with the 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 very nature of who we are as a species to put a problem in front of us, put a mystery in front of us, challenge us to solve it, and then give us give us the clues to solve it, like just like escape rooms, all this kind of shit, all these types of problem solving things have risen more and more as entertainment
1: yeah and well, i just i find that interesting i mean you look at like stories that captivate like we watched the irishman the other night right and we'll have a podcast coming out on that soon as well but like the world was captivated by what happened to jimmy hoffa
0: exactly
1: and, and you think me- of other things like jean benet like uh-huh we still don't know exactly what happened you right? know and and Jeffrey the reason those things have been people, <laughs> I know what happened. People there. obsess over those is because we want to have the answers. We it's not that like people don't get killed every day, right? And there's you know things that get figured out and people that get brought to justice, but like we don't like the idea of not knowing what happened, even if we have no like ties to it at all. Like sure. there's no significance to us. Sure, like we just like figuring out what happened right and, and a
0: murder mystery gives us the closure that we might not get exactly in, in real in life, life sometimes so let's talk about knives out let's go non spoilers into knives out knives out obviously uh ryan johnson where are you at with ryan johnson you good thumbs up good friend of the podcast ryan johnson yeah i mean
1: we we haven't had a whole lot from ryan johnson not really i considering mean considering how long he's been around he's made
0: five movies
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a few more credits on IMDb for like random stuff, stuff. video, a lot of shorts. Uh huh. Like he started out. I mean, his first short was in 1990, Mm -hmm. Um, and he did shorts basically all the way up until 2008 or 2005 when he did Brick. I think Brick
0: was his first. And Brick was a murder mystery neo noir, you know, mystery type film. This stuff feels like it's baked in the Ryan's blood, basically. Yeah,
1: and then it's Brothers Bloom.
0: Which is more of a caper, but also like about pulling cons and things like that. Sure. So. And then okay. we get
1: Looper, which is great sci-fi film. Kind uh, of a
0: sci-fi mystery because it's like the answer to the question of old, young Bruce Willis. How did we get here? Who is the kid? Who is the, the you know, there are mysteries in that storytelling as well. Sure.
1: And Last Jedi, even the way that he reveals some, some things within there is... Uh, is interesting if you think of some of the scenes in there even like um big time you know whether it be the stuff with luke whether it be even the way that they're going to escape um in the chase Uh and how that all goes down Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of aspects of not necessarily a caper but like the idea of kind of planting seeds and planting a reveal down the line sure um so there's a lot of those types of things that you see in there, and then obviously now we come to *Knives Out*,
0: um, which is just a straight up murder mystery. Absolutely, like it is. It is an Agatha Christie movie. It is *Clue*. They even they even say, and this isn't I think too big of a spoiler. There's a line in the movie where it's like the guy practically lived on the *Clue* game board. Sure, you know? sure, sure. So it it wears its. It's inspiration on its Absolutely. sleeve. It makes Absolutely. no qualms about that. And I'm the same. Uh, I love The Last Jedi. I have zero issues with Ryan Johnson. You're not going to find any of that bullshit here. This is a find everything we love about a movie zone. And there was uh, so much to love about The Last Jedi. Uh, I, that's one of the reasons I was excited about this because it was Ryan Johnson getting back to making an original film. And boy, did he make a great movie! absolutely he made a really great movie and it is just so f- you're gonna hear me say it's fun a lot mm-hmm. it, it's fun but it is just an impeccably crafted movie it's not too stylishly directed and that's one of the things that I really appreciated about it is that it it doesn't do a lot in terms of like intricacy it's in- intricacy is in the story is in the plot. Um, so, did you find the plot satisfying? I mean, obviously, it's this this family, this uh, the the Thornbees, who is this kind of wealthy, affluent group of assholes for for lack of a better description, and their patriarch uh, is found, oh, murdered, dead, suicide. We don't know, mm-hmm. and. Then we have the police. We have Daniel Craig. I love Daniel Craig, man. I it's just awesome. it's another again, Ryan Johnson made his Star Wars movie, right? Cool. Awesome. And then he got to make this movie. Daniel Craig, he's cleaning up on making the Bond movies. He's yeah. off making the the next Bond movie. He's making forty million dollars for that movie. And then he gets to come put on his foghorn leghorn accent again uh i mean shades of uh, logan lucky here yep, yep and just have an absolute blast as the the gumshoe you know the lead detective who's trying to find out if foul play is afoot and who could be who could be at fault with it who could be guilty yeah um and i was i i loved Every twist, every turn, every reveal, the way that they play with the timelines and do flashbacks, the way that basically the whole first chunk of the movie is just – I could just watch interviews yeah. between those guys back and forth with the family members. So that was my big thing is a movie like this has to be satisfying in its conclusion, right, mm-hmm. and, and and satisfying in the way everything is laid out. And I keep going back to Murder on, on the Orient Express – Murder on, the, murder on the Orient Express is one of those films that is one of if not the most well regarded and well known murder mystery maybe ever. Um and yet the conclusion of that movie and the who done it, the who of the who done it mm-hmm. is both unique and interesting and also somewhat unsatisfying because it turns out Everybody did it in that movie. Yeah. Right? Spoiler. Spoilers for Murder on the Orient Express, which I believe has existed for, like, forever. Um, Although the new movie just came out last year? Two years ago? Two years ago, I think. And it was great. It was a good movie. Um, But... With that, it's like, okay, the conclusion has to be satisfactory. The way that we get up to it has to be satisfactory. And I loved everything about it. The, the way Ryan Johnson put this movie together really made me wish I could sit down with him and talk with him about, like, how do you put a movie like this together? Do you start with, here is how the crime has been committed. And then do you figure out how to tell it in the piecemeal way that he does? Or does he write it just like any other script from page one? But I was completely satisfied with it. What about you? Oh, I loved it. Uh, I
1: think, you know, there's some untraditional ways in which he approaches a whodunit, Mm -hmm. um, which you'll catch on very quickly and we'll talk about in in spoilers. Um, It's not...
0: It's important that we save the spoilers for spoilers. uh,
1: Absolutely. Um, Like any good whodunit. But I think... Performances are fantastic. I think there's definitely some that stand out uh, more than others. For me, it was uh, Tony Collette. Tony Collette's as as Joni Thromby. Um, She's (laughs) she's one of the daughters. um, Daughter
0: in daughter in law. Daughter in law, which is even funnier.
1: Yep. Um, Chris Evans is fantastic. Seeing him, Um, he plays a little bit different take than your uh, Uh good old Captain America type role I as believe i kind they of desc- alluded to before. i believe they
0: describe him in the trailer as a trust fund douchebag
1: yeah pretty much and and he lives up to it and then i think you know obviously it's easy to go this way but daniel craig was fantastic mm-hmm. um just funny lends a lot of uh, a lot of humor to yes. to the movie itself and then i really enjoyed uh one of the uh detectives which one was, was trooper it? wagner
0: yeah, trooper wagon. So that's Nora Segan and Nora Segan or Nora, not Nora, excuse me, Noah. Noah Segan. Noah Segan and Noah Segan is a staple of Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Do you remember in Looper? Do you remember the hit, the other hitman that kept going after uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and kept screwing up, and then by the time they like they wound up like cutting off his arms and legs mm-hmm. and then in the future he was he suddenly had stumps do you remember yeah. that guy at all vaguely and, even if you don't Noah segan is a Ryan Johnson like staple mm-hmm. and he crushes his trooper Wagner yeah
1: he's fantastic he he provides again a lot of the comedy which a lot of times especially in ensemble those uh-huh. are the ones that I kind of uh, find myself drawn towards yeah but um, it was fantastic. I mean, I think the, the comedy works. A lot of it is not, some of it is a kind of subtle. Like you gotta, it's kind of quick witted. You got to kind of hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some jokes in there that kind of continue throughout the whole movie. There's which is so funny. many
0: good running gags. There's a good running gag about, uh, Anna de Armas's like ancestry.
1: Yep. Yep. That's, that was one of you, the ones I was thinking. It's of.
0: super easy to miss, but <laughs> if you catch it, it's so satisfying. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think everything about it was was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I think there was a point in the movie where I was like, "I hope this isn't it," and it definitely wasn't. And so I think, you know, that's what you always hope for in a in a whodunit that the the end, the juice is worth the squeeze yeah. from that standpoint, and that that final reveal is is worth it. And I think it definitely is in in this film and the way that it's kind of both starts and then the way that they unpack it slowly yes. and the twists and turns that yes. you get throughout it.
0: Yes, it's, it's a movie that has reveals on top of reveals on top of reveals. And when you think you've got an answer to the mystery, think again. Um, and I really dug that.
1: And I also like, you know, not to get into the weeds too much of it and, and save it for spoilers, but I also like how it has, you know, on the surface it looks like a movie about you know, kind of terrible rich people, which it is. It is. <laughs> um, but I love that there's – it takes aim at everybody, you know. Oh, some, very much There's so. some things at the right. There's some things at the left. There's, there's all sorts of things. And at the end of the day, that to me is what comedy is. It, it's not afraid to go in any direction that's from true. that standpoint. I, I, and it, it shares it that. equally.
0: I, I appreciated that. This movie definitely has some things to say politically speaking. Sure. But as you said – It's got a little bit for everything, you know, it's got one character uh, is uh, literally as described on the Wikipedia is like a a little right right wing Internet troll and alt right an alt right little Nazi bastard, basically. And then another character is this 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 complete joke of a hyper liberal lifestyle guru. Yep. type per, like Gwyneth Paltrow but on way more peyote or something like that <laughs> like and and it is it's it's a really fun characterization and the like you said the performances are all phenomenal I really enjoyed Christopher Plummer I forget like Christopher Plummer is great he has been around forever and he doesn't he's obviously like the center of the mystery here but in the time that he's on screen He's a delight. And I would be remiss if I did not mention mention Anna de Armas, yeah. who has been an absolute favorite of mine for m- numerous reasons, but she is so good in this movie. She was the, um, for reference, she was the digital girlfriend in Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. okay? And she has this, she's going to be in the next Bond movie, mm-hmm. and... She, a lot of her previous roles have been the femme fatale, the sexy, you know, woman and whatever. And listen, great, cool. I'm all about it. Big fan. But she plays the heart of this movie and she is so freaking good in this movie. Yeah, it's great. As like the one of the few decent people. Yeah. You know, um or is she? I don't know. Who you yeah, never know everything about that's what you think about about all these people but i I definitely really enjoyed it it was it made me laugh numerous times um, the 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 reveals were satisfying. Uh, I'm all about this movie. this is one of my favorite this I would argue and David I, I don't know where you're at with this, but I would argue this is definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Yeah, it's up there.
1: What would you say your popcorn rating is
0: for? okay yeah, well boom there you go. it's time for the popcorn <laughs> ratings. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Now, remember, if you've never... This is the first time listening to the podcast. First off, welcome. Uh, Second off, we do our popcorn ratings a little bit differently here. Instead of doing one, two, three, four popcorns, instead of doing thumbs up or whatever, we have five specific popcorn ratings that we give out. We have burnt Popcorn, which means a movie is garbage. Don't waste your time. We have... We have stale popcorn, which is, like, if you have to, in a pinch, watch something for free or, like, spend a dollar on it, then fine. But it is not good. We have microwave popcorn, which is – it's in the middle. It's fine. It's okay. You know, it's – your mileage may vary with microwave popcorn. It could really hit the spot or it could be unsatisfying, just like any microwave popcorn. And then we have movie theater popcorn, which is you should see this movie in a movie theater. Invest the time. Go enjoy it on the big screen. And then last but certainly not least, we have Perfect Popcorn. Go see this movie as soon as possible on the biggest screen that you can. And if we ever fall in the middle, if we ever can't give one definitive popcorn rating, then we'll give one with a soda on the side. So if it's not as good as movie theater popcorn, maybe we'll say it's microwave popcorn and a soda. But for me, David, since you asked, for me, my pop, I'm giving this Perfect Popcorn. This is everything you want out of an ensemble movie. Is it big and flashy and does it have giant explosions that you need to see on the big screen with the subwoofers and everything? No, but it is definitely a movie that you would benefit from A, turning off all your shit and focusing on the film, and B, just seeing actors having a great time with a great story unfolding on the big screen. That's just what, that's this movie is what going to the movies is all about. So it's perfect popcorn for me. There is not a single flaw that I can even think of in this movie. It is lean. It is mean. It is well-written, well-acted, well-shot. Everything about it is great. Perfect popcorn for me. What about you? I'm perfect popcorn
1: as well. Yes. I I enjoyed it a ton. And, And like you said, I think it checks all the boxes that you're looking for. If you're going and seeing a film like this, I think it's something that uh, deserves to be seen in the theaters, uh, if nothing. Give if,
0: original films your money,
1: and if nothing else too, to get you away from those distractions. I think, yeah, streaming, you know, watching it at home, watching it on a plane, whatever, you're gonna get interrupted in most of those cases, uh-huh. and I think it lessens some of what you get from a film like this, especially in a whodunit, because you got to kind of when if you come back to it, you got to kind of like recollect, like, okay, what was going on, kind of like. You know, when you watch a TV show and they do the recap from last episode, like it's because you've got to be able to be tracking with what's going on. And I just think it's really hard to do when there's other distractions. So go see it. It's it's fantastic. Like you said, it deserves some money. And, you know, we need more original films like this. And especially if you're one of those people that complains that (laughs) everything's just remakes and reboots and sequels, this is not. And so go see it.
0: Absolutely, and obviously, we we want to talk like the, this type of movies. Just you got to talk about spoilers. But before we do, we're gonna take a quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we talk spoilers, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of the Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free. Just by hitting that subscribe button or following wherever you're listening from. Take a second. Take just literally just one second. Hit subscribe. Hit follow. Give us five stars. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Share the popcorn diet with your good movie buddies we also want to remind you to check us out on patreon by going to patreon.com thepopcorndiet the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast not only is it going to help us improve the podcast but it's going to give you access to exclusive patron only episodes it's going to give you early access to regular episodes and with oscar season upon us we are going to start rolling out our oscar primers looking at some of the contenders for the next academy awards so again check that out out patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider consider giving a couple bucks to the podcast if you like us show us your love uh of course we don't want you to forget you can follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and last but certainly not least you can find all of our latest regular episodes articles reviews oscar predictions disney villain rankings and more on our website popcorn diet but it's spoiler time david and for this movie, there's a lot to talk about. So I don't know where the best part to talk about is because as we are going through and talking non-spoilers, there's so many things that we can talk about. We could talk about all the little jokes. You know, uh we mentioned one of our one of the jokes that I kept laughing at was uh de Armis's character, whose name is Marta. Uh she's uh she's Latino of some of origin. And she is Harlan, Christopher Plummer's caregiver. And the family is just like, we love Marta. We sh- She's part of the family. And yet nobody, everybody gives a different country of origin. Like, oh, she's from Paraguay. Ask her. Or she's from Brazilian. Or, sure, sure. And it, that's just a little touch that I, it's it's fresh in my mind. So I wanted to bring it up. Is there any more that you can think of that, that popped in, well, into
1: your head? Well, some of the things that I really enjoy... About whodunits typically, especially the good ones, is that they plant seeds that you don't know are relevant or maybe you feel like I have a feeling that's going to come back into play. Uh-huh. And there's a handful of ones that jump out to me. Obviously, we're introduced to it really early on. The fact that she can't and she I'm saying Marta anada Armus's character. Yeah. Can't lie without. It triggering her gag reflex. She, throws, she up. throws up. So it's a great it's a great storytelling device, which basically tells you like. She's, I mean, basically unable to lie, like right. if if she answers something and then she throws up, you know, it's basically not that. Uh huh. And so and they play that off. So they, many it, times. it comes in t- so many places, whether it be in the beginning when they're asking her some questions to basically confirm what Daniel Craig characters uh, suspect, Benoit Blanc uh, is suspecting already. But also then when you have the flashback to her and Christopher Plummer, she tells him like, I'm not going to be able to lie when the police come in question. And yep. so he says, tell the story in this way. So you're telling the truth. Tell you're not lying, truths. but it's not, convi- it's not incriminating. You. Uh-huh. And then obviously in the big reveal at the end, when she tells a lie, when the hospital calls yep. and holds it in, and then you know, obviously, you get that reveal of her puking, and you know, Let's okay, it fly, exactly. And not um, only
0: does it play back on the storytelling device, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's obviously very funny, and it's like a good part of the comeuppance of the you know final perpetrator. Absolutely,
1: and I think there's also some fun in the sense that. Um, There's another one that they do with the knife. He's Mm -hmm. having the conversation about, and he stabs the knife in the table about how a lot of times you don't know whether something is a prop or a real knife knife until you stick it in. Yeah. I think is the line. And they
0: really, and it's again, really great storytelling. And, and honestly, really trusting of modern audiences to Pick up on that when he's st- he picks up a knife and he's telling Marta like, as you said, you know, there's so many of these around. It's hard to tell when one's real, when one's fake until you. And then he stabs it in the leather. And then I don't think they reference that ever bef- again.
1: No, until the very until end. the very end when he tries to stab her. Like it doesn't come up. They don't play with those knives at all. It's like, just a obviously great they're sitting piece. in the. Like, it's a great decorative yeah. piece. Yeah, kind of echoes Game of Thrones is.
0: And he grabs a knife. And stabs her. And then we it's a fantastic reveal that it's a fake knife. Yep. And he just says, shit. Yep. It's like another, like, that's so good. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> which, which again, leads me to bring up Chris Evans. Captain freaking America is the guilty party, but not in ways that you may think. But he is ultimately the one at fault and he is so good in this movie. Sure, he is so smarmy and such a dickhead, and you can absolutely buy that he did all of this, that he did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, and he's just again at his response to when they, he realizes it's a fake knife, and he's just shit. Like he just said, the way he says shit was so like again smarmy and smartassy, and just resigned. Sure. And it was perfect. Yeah. It was so good. Yep. Um, How did you like... So let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. How did you like the fact that this is a whodunit, right? And the trailer basically sells this whodunit as who killed Harlan Thornby? Thromby. 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 Who killed Harlan Thromby. But that is actually answered. About midway, right of about, mid, about midway through the movie, right? Maybe a little well, technically earlier. Well,
1: it's... I mean, obviously, you have to find out whether that's actually true, but, I mean, they say from the beginning, this is a suicide. It's
0: ruled a suicide.
1: Yeah, and the, um, the detective even says, look, this is pretty straightforward. Right. Like, we found the knife. He slit his throat. Uh-huh. Like, usually, you know, suicides don't slit their throat, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like, You know, it's pretty cut and dry from the standpoint of we've got the witness testimonies, which all were true about what happened that night, just not the interactions that happened. Yeah, and and so we have the true story from the beginning. Just obviously, there's some implications. Obviously, Chris Evans' doings that we don't see. That's the only thing we don't get right until the end. That's what gets revealed in the end.
0: Well, and that's the thing is that okay. So the first, the first mystery. is who killed Harlan, right? Mm-hmm. And we see all these and that's I love the way this film plays with flashbacks too because in the middle of questioning people they flash back to basically what happened and then we see their answers and see how their answers are various forms of BS. But when they sit Marta down it flashes back to everything and it shows she's his caregiver she thinks that she accidentally gave him 100 milligrams of morphine. Yeah. And that means he's got 10 minutes to live. And Harlan basically becomes resigned to it and walks her through how we are going to absolve you of this and does legitimately cut his own throat. Mm -hmm. So Marta overdosed him on accident. Harlan was like, it's fine. We're going to absolve you. I'm going to take my own life and cuts his own throat. Mystery solved. Right? Okay. But then there's a second mystery. And the second mystery is who hired Benoit Blanc? That's the actual driving force of this mystery and and how it all got put to gets put together. And the way that it gets unveiled again is so satisfying. And it's so interesting because it's not actually when it comes to Harlan, not actually a murder. No. Right? Because it, it turns out that Chris Evans goes back and flips the medications yep. so that Marta would OD Harlan. But Marta is such a good nurse that she can feel just by the weight of the medicine yeah. which one is the real one. She didn't even look at the label. She just yeah. grabs the right one. Yeah. So she actually didn't fall for Evans' ruse. Yep. Um. I love that. I yeah. love that it's...
1: And that's where It's kind
0: of also a little sad.
1: But that's also where we get into like more of those kind of breadcrumbs. Like one of the theme, one of the big topics of conversation early on is Ransom as he's referred to or yep, Hugh. Yep. That's his middle name. Doesn't come to the funeral. Like he doesn't right. show up to the funeral, which ends up being important. Yep. Uh, Daniel Craig also says the age old saying about how dogs are good judges of characters, uh-huh. as well as when Ransom shows up, the dogs start barking, barking out that her. night when we're getting the recap of everybody's stories, we hear the dogs bark at one point. Yep. Um, and we see that obviously it wasn't when she showed up because
0: they like, her. they like her. Cause she's, we also person. got
1: the plant of when she sees her in the window, she says, ransom you're back back, already, back, back again. All, back
0: already so soon or yeah something like that and
1: so like there's all these things that at the time seemed innocent enough you know not a big deal uh-huh. but ended up playing a role obviously in it or even the you know and this one was a little bit more forward and obvious but like um the housekeeper's secret stash like right. where that was located right. like you kind of had a feeling that was going to come or back even for when more. she
0: said you did this. Yeah. But she didn't say you did this. She, she said you did, did this. this. Yeah, exactly. And it's just little touches like that. Now, I'll ask you and I don't want to make this a thing, David. I'm just going to preface saying this. <laughs> don't want to make this a thing. But I did find the spoilers before I saw the movie. I read the spoilers. Boo. All right. Yes. Fine. Whatever did they infect my affect my enjoyment of the movie at all nope not at all but regardless you
1: can't say that because reg- you don't you didn't see it without knowing i told you i don't want to
0: make this a thing david <laughs> regardless i want to ask you were you able to pick up those pieces as they were being laid down or were there w- when he was giving his final which is the most satisfying like i love it when a detective is Spells out everything like I've cracked the case, let me explain it to all of you. I love that scene. Was there anything in there that you didn't catch, or was it all like satisfyingly enough put together where it's like, Oh, that's right, those breadcrumbs were there the entire time? Do you know what I mean? Like, did you pick up on it I earlier? Think, I
1: think most of them I did. Um, I think the hue one was like, if I had to be nitpicky on any of them, the hue one, like it was pretty indistinguishable that she would be saying Hugh, not you. And so that's one of those where you're kind of led to be like, that's what she was intending to saying, like from this dying person. Um, But like the dog barking at night, Mm -hmm. like I heard that, you know, obviously, you know, I kind of had a feeling it, it tied to tied to him because he's the only one those dogs barked at the whole movie. Right. Like, that kind of thing. Gave us that breadcrumb. Obviously, you know, the knife thing seemed kind of out of place, like, for him to be playing a game and stab a knife into the table with, like, his beloved nurse with him. Right. Like, it Seemed a little bit out of place. And sure. it felt like maybe that comes into play at some point. But um, for the most part, I think I caught them. But at the same time, it was like you caught him, but you were like, how is this going to play into it? Like, right. That's great that I caught it, but like, what does it all mean? Right. You know, like whoop de doo Basil. What does it all mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, you still gotta. There's a satisfaction in having everything explained to you. Yeah, there's still a satisfaction there. Absolutely. Um, I liked that he actually was arrested. I love the way that they finally caught him at the end, which is they're laying out all the evidence, and they say like, we and and he starts confessing. He's like. He's like, well, Fran didn't die, so you don't got me on that. You yep. got me on attempted, at best, uh, maybe a little bit of arson, and this is all you got on me? And then Marta gets a phone call from the from the hospital, and it's like, Fran's going to be okay. And then he he does his thing, and then she throws up on him. So in reality, that's the actual murder that they get him on. So I just love that I love that layered storytelling and the way that Daniel Craig is describing it like as a donut. Yeah. I love that whole description of I have this case, it's a donut, but and it's got a big hole in it. And I'm trying to find the the donut hole that fits in the I don't remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. word that he yep, says. Yep. But-, but then he says that hole. That we filled, that's got a little hole in it, and that's yeah. it's it's not really. It's a actually silly, a
1: donut with a smaller donut it's inside. It's its own of it.
0: donut, and it was just I don't. It was just completely satisfying. Um, I loved all the characters. Uh who is your favorite out of all the characters? Um, who would you say like out of all the big personalities? Because we got Jamie Lee Curtis playing Linda, who seems like the least maybe i'm wrong but she seems like the least shitty out of all of them yeah she's running her company yeah she got a loan to start
1: it but i mean at the end she turns when she finds out she's not in the will of course like that's where she turns right but yeah i would say up until that point she's the least right um
0: don johnson shouts out to don johnson for making a good solid comeback you got him in this you got him in he was in tarantino movie you got him in uh Watchmen. Yeah. Like, good on Don Johnson.
1: I come back to like what we were talking in the non spoilers. Uh, Tony Collette and in her role as of Joni, as Joni is to me the most memorable. And she's got some really funny um, lines in there, funny interaction. You're like famous. Her. And
0: she's completely different than what you expect Tony Collette to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, if you saw Hereditary or if you saw, you know where I know Tony Collette from? Get this. This is how deep of a cut I know Tony Collette from. Shaft.
1: Shaft. Sam Jackson,
0: yeah. Shaft, with Christian Bale. Think about the lineup in Sam Jackson, Shaft. Christian Bale's a bad guy. Jeffrey Wright's a bad guy. Tony Collette's like the witness. That's crazy. That's how far I know her back from.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: love Tony Collette. She's great. Did she have any bits that you liked particularly? It was just her whole essence.
1: Just the overall. I mean, (laughs) she was just super memorable from that. I'm sure there's a couple if I thought really deep about it, I'd remember. I I enjoyed just the way that her character seemed to be like the scam that she was running. Because each of them kind of had their own scam, right? Or or reason why they were getting cut out of the will. Right. Um, But she was just, I mean, she was funny. There's just a lot of moments with her, I think, in there, and then obviously I enjoyed Chris Evans being, you know, different than what he normally is. But I mean, of of course, if I had to say a favorite, it's probably going to be Daniel Craig, yeah, as as Detective uh, Benoit Benoit Blanc. Blanc.
0: Like I would definitely watch more Detective Benoit Blanc. Absolutely, I could see him going just like just like Agatha Christie's guy, whose name I'm not going to try and you know muddle up again. Sure, and you know whatever, please. If if please don't just don't okay. I know I screwed up. <laughs> it's fine, but I would love to see like renowned detective Benoit Blanc taking on a new sure new mystery every now and then. And again, I I I am really impressed with uh, Anna de Armas' performance in this movie. Like my favorite part is that literally everyone around her has something about them that makes them kind of terrible, right? right. Um. Michael Shannon doesn't actually get to go full Michael Shannon, but he does have a couple of moments that I really appreciated.
1: I feel like they they held him back a little bit a like little bit. He had some opportunities to go full Michael Shannon and I kept like waiting for it like for him to have a blow up. yeah and like the closest the blow up that we had was more his argument with uh, I think it's Richard. yeah but he even then it just seems like a normal person arguing. When like I in- thought when he was in the hallway, uh outside of yeah like i thought he was gonna go like shape of water or like one of those like like superman super intimidating (laughs) like eyes starting to pop out of his head where were you
0: raised a farm like (laughs) oh michael shannon um i think after the will reading he you can hear him yelling and i'm like that's michael shannon i know that yell very much so um i liked uh You know, and, and you're, you know, you write that, that a lot of these people are playing low key characters like Keith Stanfield, uh, is playing the main detective, uh, detective Lieutenant Elliot. And he's basically this super chill cop who's just kind of commenting on everything all the time. Like, and, but he has these great reactions where he's just be like, damn, or like, whoa, or these one word reactions to what's going on around him that I really liked and I really appreciated, um, Frank Oz shows up, and I just made the connection after reading it that him and Ryan Johnson worked on Last Jedi. Oh yeah, because Frank Oz came back as Yoda, and they had him puppeteering and all that. So it's like Frank, come on, be the be the lawyer, you know, in this movie for us. So I really like that as well. Um, I don't know what else. What else do we got? Uh, I mean, we basically we've talked all the way through the mystery. We talked about our favorite performances. I love that. I, I keep going back to Anna de Armas, but I love her character, too. Like, it, it's really played well how she is a good, decent soul.
1: Well, and I think the, the thing that I was alluding to in non-spoilers is that this is not your traditional whodunit. Like, normally a whodunit, you're trying to figure out the whole movie who did it. right. I killed somebody's dead. Someone's dead. Something was stolen. Whatever the case may be. Right. We're spending the entire movie trying to figure out who did it. We know the truth really early early, on. I would say within the first 30 minutes of the film. Yeah. It's a two hour film. We spend the rest of the movie trying to figure out how this is going to end. And so most of the film you're spent thinking like, is Marta going to get away with it? Right. Is this, you know, but you still have that in your background of who hired this detective? Why Uh is the detective here? Like, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how those pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you get a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, But I also like how at the end of the day, we it wasn't like we got something pulled over us. He really did commit suicide. Yeah, there wasn't like someone that snuck in after Marta left. Like and it wasn't the old throat.
0: guy in the security shed.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't you know even it wasn't Chris Evans. Chris Evans snuck into the house and and did something, but he didn't sneak up and go and slit his throat or right. something. So like we didn't have that. And I also liked how they played true to her character in the essence that in Daniel Craig's character says it uh detective block says it that basically because she saved the housekeeper and stayed when most people would have been like crap i'm being framed i'm getting out of here like she stayed called 911 knowing that this was probably going to lead to her getting arrested her mom getting deported Mm -hmm. like all these bad things Mm -hmm. were going to happen but the good person the good-natured person that she is stayed and tried to save that person's life and that was in the end, what ended up saving her? Like, right. If she dies immediately. Right. Like, maybe this stuff doesn't happen. Right. And so. And
0: she's smart enough to know, like, the, to- like the she thinks the toxicology report is damning evidence. Yeah. Like, she's like, Fran's got me. She's got me dead to rights. Like, I saved her life. She's a witness now. Like, I'm just going to tell the family. They find the toxicology report. And then I love how they do it where she's about to tell them. And in the background. Daniel Craig's reading the toxicology report and he runs in and he's just, just goes off on his whole thing because he sees that the chemicals weren't what she thought they were. And it is, it's right. It's, it's a whodunit, but you know, whodunit. It's just, it's, there's added mystery, especially when she drives off with ransom. Yeah. So she drives off with ransom and you, you kind of buy ransoms. Um, pitch to her is selfish enough that you buy it. Yeah. And then she gets the letter, it's like I know what you did, and it's like, oh, now we have more mystery. So yep. it's it's a mystery that's answered immediately but then has all these other little micro mysteries added onto it that's just yeah. freaking satisfying, man. Yeah. A lot of fun. Really good, you should check it out. Uh that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Before we finish, again, don't forget Free episodes of The Popcorn Diet. If you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. You're listening to me talking right now, boom, subscribe. It's done. I've watched you right through it. Hit follow. Give us a rating, five stars. Give us a review. Share us with your friends. Share us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find us at The Popcorn Diet. Take a couple of minutes to do that. Don't forget, patreon.com slash The Popcorn Diet. Consider giving a couple dollars to the podcast. Helps helps us out um, by obviously covering costs, but also making more content for you guys. So go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Get early access to regular episodes. Patron-only access by becoming a patron now. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, all of our special articles, our Oscar predictions, and we just did the definitive, indisputable ranking of all animated Disney films by just how evil they are on our website. Check that out, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diet. Adios.